Hi, thanks for tuning in. This is Alice Blau, episode number nine, with Polish dancer, performer, and collage maker Rafał Pierzynski. My name is Caroline Pala, and this is my podcast. I'm going to really try to pull myself together here to speak a little intro. By now, you must have noticed this is another episode in English, which is not my native tongue. And um, I feel really silly here, all by myself in the recording booth, speaking in another language. When I have someone in front of me to speak to, it's a completely different situation. And uh, I hope that people from all over the world are tuning in. Okay? And I'm not saying this because I'm presumptuous or anything like that. Actually, most of the time, I feel that what I have to offer is really minor and insignificant. But this talk with Rafael showed me that even small things can make a difference. And when I think about how I started this podcast and where it is today, a year and a half later, I'm actually really content and also motivated to move further and continue. As long as there's artists out there whom I enjoy speaking to, there's really no reason for me to stop. So now, I don't want to give anything away here about Rafael, since many things about the circumstances of his stay here in Switzerland, as well as about the way he works, will be revealed later during the talk. Rafael is not only working as an artist individually, but he's also part of an artist collective called Divas, together with performer Aga Penciviatr and sound artist Magda Drost. We met on a Friday afternoon in January, and Rafael was running late. He seemed to have gone through a lot of troubles to get here, and he was really out of breath, and the sole of his shoe was loose to the point of pretty much falling off. So when we were done talking, I taped his shoe with duct tape, And off he went to the next adventure. So here it is, Rafał Pierzynski and myself, Alles Blau Podcast, episode number nine. Let's go. So I'm really happy that you're here and you're the first person who brought things, props and rocks yep. and what else? Some clothes and a wig and um, sunglasses, or actually they are not uh, real sunglasses, they are 3D glasses from a cinema. Um, yeah. And you took them off because they do they bother you? Yes, at the moment, um, I, I I I really feel their presence a lot and mm. kind of it's it was separating us a bit. And okay. So I felt for now I I don't need that protection. And what are the rocks? Uh, the rocks um, they are just um, a little collage that I made um, with some words on on them. Just kind of resembling the the minerals that you sometimes buy, um, that you you hope they will look after you, you know, and um, they have some specific properties and and, mm -hmm. and some energy and the place of origin, but they they are um, real stones from Erdikon, mm -hmm. <laughs> the yard in front of my studio, and I put some some words on them, and it's a kind of an installation. You can play with them. And what I like about this is just you can move them around and then the meaning changes. Depends where and in which distance you put the words in relation to each other. There's being ashamed, accept, ego, balance, and gay. Yep. So it's a kind of a constellation work with the stones and they can work separately or or you can place them in relations. But yeah. I love it. It's so simple. Yeah. 
I love stones and I've been always uh, kind of paying attention to the influence that objects I have around me uh, have on me and the impact that they bring to space, you know, so um, stones are very particular because, you know, they come from, they have stories and they are uh, minerals. Yeah, crystals, in, you know. crystalline structures yes. are super interesting. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah, I just wanted to bring you some collage so we can so refer to something yeah. that we have here. Actually, I also have an object, this painting, that I bring down to the recording mm -hmm. booth every time I record because I figure it's good luck and I, you know, the podcast is called Alles Blau. Yeah. And I bought it from a friend, Alexis Seile, who is a painter. And I thought, you know, this blue, this totally imperfect shape um, and with this kind of mistake mm. on it. I, I think it's beautiful. I thought it's really yeah. fitting for my project. Mm. And so I take it down here every That's time cool. and I don't really know what it does hmm. but i think i wouldn't feel good if it wasn't here <laughs> <laughs> i understand completely i like it because it's a circle and circle is a circle is always a kind of a it, it pretends to be a symbol of this perfection and unity where, where this one is a bit imperfect yeah absolutely <laughs> and i think it underlines something even more than yeah it's really cool you are a resident artist at Messer Salon Embassy North, Zurich North. That's an art project by Esther Epstein. And you have been here for about two months. Yes. And so you, it's coming to an end. <laughs> I don't like to say that, mm -hmm. but it's you're entering the final stages. You're very busy with work. I really appreciate that you took the time to come here. So you are preparing for a final show yes i um yes it's really my my last weeks of my stay in the context of hunzig uh, areal and message salon um, embassy north mm, so yeah i'm preparing the zine because uh, of course it takes some time to be printed and you know trying to frame um the idea in which i would like to share it at the end uh, on 26th of January. So, in a way, it, it is a show, as you said. It will be a show, but it's not meant to be only a performance. It's an event that um, uh, me and Esther will host, and it's, um, first of all, the zine release, and, yes, some performances uh, may occur. <laughs> <clears throat> yes, we we as divas, me and Aga Penjiviadr, we will be probably doing some intervention in space and off space, as well as our fresh diva uh, Magda Drost um, will provide us with some sound performance. Uh, I am in dialogue with Anginand uh, about installing his uh, feedback camera installation. What is that? It's a it's a great installation that uh, he made in his work discourse we were part of with Divas, with Aga in in December and it's a, simply it's a camera hanging from the ceiling mm -hmm. which projects the image uh, immediately on the floor uh, with reverse color into a negative and you get all this like reverberation of images because when you stand under it it's like a yeah, it multiplies you and in the lifetime. It's a kind of projecting you and taking an image of you at the same time. So you will be using that in early con as we, well? We are thinking about mm -hmm. it, yeah. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> there are some spaces we could use besides the studio. Everything is um, will be around the studio space that I occupied for this last weeks and transformed it in, during this process. But yeah, there, there are some ideas in the air, definitely. So... We are um, we are working on it. Um, now I was thinking about uh, you being a performer. I just because I don't work physically. I mean, I do some sports, but mm. it just 
for an outsider, it seems like this super, super physical work. But the way I encountered you is just, I don't, I don't perceive you as someone like that is like super, you, you seem very soft for someone mm -hmm. that has to, I mean, you have to work out. I, I assume you have to train, you have to practice yep. so much, <laughs> but you, yeah, you remain, it reminds me sometimes in yoga, they say, you know, when you're like about to crack and they say, remain soft and you're like, <laughs> fuck, <laughs> I don't know. How, how do you do that? Or do, how do you feel about it? Because that, mm -hmm. that's just my outside perception. Yes, I, I, I think um, besides physical workout and I don't really use a lot uh, the word physical as well because I spent uh, a lot and invest a lot of time into researching the topics of phys physical and abstract and you know mental and where do they kind of meet and um, I think that that's exactly why maybe you get this impression because besides the the physical so to say muscular and um, you know strength in a in this body way i practice uh, and work out my mind a lot and this is also what we do with divas and uh, with aga we we just transform these energies and the tension you get in your body and the tiredness you can maybe channel into something um so, but of course, I I made it into my profession, you know, and I I studied I, I studied movement research and I finished my masters in movement research and um, I've been reflecting and writing about this for at least three last years and I just graduated this year, so it's still very fresh. So this um, is this a discipline movement research or do you is yeah. is that actually okay, because is, I don't know the, it. This is do you, can you talk a little bit about it? Yeah, I mean it's a it's a uh, it's a practice or academic context or also practical context and um, to dig deeper into the movement practices and understand. Um, the interconnections between movement and different aspects and uh, how does it co how does it exist in performance performance but how does it exist in physics and how does it exist in philosophy and i don't know how this all kind of overlaps but of course it's very individual and then in, at the end of the day you choose your focus and what mm, area uh, of movement or what aspect and what relation you want to look at so what were what did you look at in your thesis work um i'm looking at the touch and touching mm -hmm. which is funny because this is also a title of my zine touching and well maybe it's not funny it's just like this i'm really interested in this it's coherent you know mm -hmm. yeah it's a it's a still continuous so i've been my my thesis um is called embodied communication, attending to the modes of touch. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking to, at uh, at touch and touching as a um, starting point for all kind of communication and movement and interactions. And I'm. It was a long process process because um, yeah, I, I was trying to understand how do we how do we learn, how do we interact with each other, how do we understand, how do we communicate with each other and um, all the senses and all the um, uh, proce processes in our body derive from the sense of touch and from the skin and everything kind of is connected and you know uh, for me I always had this impression that touching is not so different from seeing or from hearing and just in general in interacting with each other and yeah. do you come from a like a touchy family like my family they they mm -hmm. didn't touch very much no, at all we, we i wouldn't say we are a touchy family i think we uh we are sensitive to to shifts in space which is touchy enough for me you know because to actually for me uh, it was so difficult as a dancer in the beginning 
to be touched constantly and to work with the touch in this um yeah in this everyday <laughs> mode mm -hmm. because i'm really super sensitive to mm -hmm. that and and before the actual touching there is just all spectrum of of touching mm -hmm. <laughs> until it comes to the skin touch and this is what i was also studying how do we touch <clears throat> with uh, with our attention and how do we get in touch through the space in in the composition uh in the compositional um meaning in a composition no like when we are in the space and dancing and improvising and you know communicating and staying in touch and all these notions of staying in touch getting in touch touching mm -hmm. they suggest already the multiplicity of this yeah. this also touches mm -hmm. <laughs> no pun intended <laughs> on the subject of healing and um exactly you're also practicing healing technique such yeah. as cranial yep. sacral therapy and you um, do you practice that in relationship to your performing work absolutely it's uh, it has been informing my theoretical research and practical research and performance practices and what we do with divas a lot um so yeah i've been i'm just starting and it's not i'm, I'm not a therapist and I'm not a um, actually a practitioner in a traditional sense and uh, what I've been learning is craniosacral biodynamics it's an kind of um, approach a particular approach to craniosacral therapy therapy um, developed by Rosemary Walls mm -hmm. and is she where is she from she's she's from um, uh, UK but mm -hmm. we met uh, in Thailand and I studied there, but um, it also didn't start for me uh, from that point. I went there to do this, so I was obviously aware of that. Also, because in dance uh, studies, there's a lot of touching, and um, the quality of the qualities of touch in craniosacral therapy and in somatic techniques and in you know, massage and all the experience that you get as a dancer when you touch your body and touch bodies of others. It's very informing and, yeah. But, I mean, I assume that that's not the case for all dancers. I would think that that's a particularity of your approach. Yeah. And you found accomplices, such as Aga. Yeah. But uh, how do you perceive if you work with other performers? Do you think that you naturally tend to find other people with similar interests, or can you, can that also be a conflict that you yeah you 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 have to work with people, or you're you're put together in a piece with people that have no sensibility to to that subject matter, for instance? Yes. It, I mean, it happens very often that I, there is not enough space in the process of creation when I work for other people to bring this input and make it so present, of course, because everybody has its kind of different points of view and priorities and experiences. And as a dancer, mm, yeah, you sometimes just need to dance. And mm, <laughs> for me, it's very complex, but also, yeah, it's not about talking it's it's really about doing it so i can simply just do it and in in and see it and perceive it and use it in my process for myself and if uh, someone is not ready or not open to to use it it doesn't disturb me or it doesn't take it away it it, it doesn't disappear and they will not notice that you're yeah. doing it yeah maybe not or maybe maybe on some level yes maybe we are not able to talk about it in the moment and maybe it's not um, a present topic in the in the conversation, but we don't need to bring it to that level. In dance, we we communicate on the level of space and interactions physically that doesn't need to be articulated in language, you know. So they are there, and uh, but I understand that. F I mean, I'm really focused on that, and it's not. It's really not uh, like this. In every every dancer, every dancer 
life. But the interest in healing, the origin, is it a pain or is it something else? I, th I think it's before pain. It's, it's how do you um, slow down, how do you um, feel the body and how do you access and, and communicate with your body before the pain. But of course I had several injuries and some of them they were uh, essential in, in my approach because I, need to, I needed to find my way around it and for sure it helped me to focus and stopped me from going the regular dancer's way when you have really little time to think about what is really interesting for you and what is your experience when you dance without assuming that dance means this or that in general because it's of course not like that so um, yeah i've i've always have been interested in healing and transforming energies and looking at the blockages some kind of uh, stuck places and places that bother me or and just look at them and n not look away from them and i think simply and touch them mm -hmm. in many ways mm -hmm. and and allow others to touch them it, and it is it is not easy for me that's why i think it becomes my focus because i really need actively to let go and allow these processes to happen. I understand. Yeah. It's like a hurdle that you yeah. have to overcome or you're trying to overcome. Well, I think it's really usually like this, not that, that our kind of weaknesses we transform into our strengths or... Um, yeah, it has been really hard for me to be touched and touch and... And all the people I met, and it's really, I don't know, it's not really about me. I felt like I was learning this since uh, always from my, um, I don't know, probably my family. and. Yeah. Well, I think also once you, st you start a process, your antennas are out and then you... Exactly, because also it's it's the same with touching. No, it's, it's really impossible... Uh, it's a always um, both side uh, process. So when you touch, you always are touched, mm -hmm. and you cannot simply separate these two things. When you are touching, you are also being touched, and this inf you can just change a perspective on this. Absolutely. Things, you know? So it's really um, easier to understand on the level of practice than language. No? In the piece that you were showing at Tonshaus Zürich in November or in October, in November, November I think, yes. you were using, on the sound level, you were using parts of a lecture by Hortense Spillers on the notion of black culture. And this, to me, it's the main focus is really on healing society. Yes. And, um, is there a relationship between your different endeavors and interests in the healing of the body and maybe on a larger scale the healing of society absolutely mm -hmm. and i think there is a relationship between everything uh, everything i do even though maybe sometimes it uh, doesn't look very connected because it belongs to performance um, or to more visual um, art or you know different ways academic or more practice but in this um, I got stuck uh, so or how did you even how did you get to the Horten Spillers lecture I mean I got it from you and Aga yeah exactly like how did that. you come across it exactly exactly because of that because we are um, feeling strongly about this relation between healing and touching on a personal level and then um, abstracting it to the relations in the society and in our planet and, and, and environmental struggles and interrational struggles. Uh, inter yeah. So I, I really feel it always starts kind of small mm -hmm. and that's why we insist on slowing down in this uh, cellular level and between um, our own self and then with uh, uh, 
others that are closest to us and it just grows and grows and grows and grows and um, through these small things uh, we can touch uh, probably the whole the struggle or, or the process of the whole planet and this is what Hortense is also addressing there that the black culture is the critical culture but the culture also that continues the work of healing and sustainability and you know um, yeah she's really talking about healing the the planet yeah exactly yeah. yeah and i think when i talk to you and aga um it feels very real what you're doing it doesn't feel because many things that we've been talking about since you came in here and even before when we met before are things that also are they're kind of in the air you know it's yeah. it's you didn't invent that it's it's yeah, exactly. it's, it's kind of in there's something in the air definitely Absolutely. but there's also a lot of bullshit yeah. out there so but with with you it, it feels so real and it's very i think it's very contaminating it's contagious not contaminating it's con very contagious mm. when um when i interact with you or with aga it feels like there's like a spreading of the love <laughs> and i mean i'm not an esoteric yeah. person but i do also have my antennas obviously and i mm. i just um i'm very i'm very grateful that you're actually doing that work because i feel it's so necessary and i also feel that there is room for many different people who approach it maybe something similar in their own way yeah. and then at some level these different efforts can connect and become stronger yeah. and like a wave you know yeah. flood our planet exactly. at some point Comes i mean that would be the ideal mm. <laughs> or but this is also i feel how do we approach it and why maybe it feels real as you say because we don't feel special about it and we of course it is special but it's as you said we are not the only ones to to practice care and you know so it feels kind of um, supported by its its own idea already you know it's um and do you feel that um or did you experience that when you in different fields that have nothing to do with the arts, um, do you also gravitate towards um, people who put put in the care or? Absolutely, mm -hmm. I f I feel like it's really essential mm -hmm. in which energy you bring to the space or to other people. I don't know if you go to I I was I was at the pharmacy the other day and. I had a problem and I just, you know, I needed an advice and, and help. And there were three or even four different uh, employees, you know, assistants. Mm -hmm. And there was just one that I could really get a kind of uh, in, in touch and really um, communicate, you know. And that and it didn't have anything to do with their level of experience? Absolutely not. It's just mm -hmm. the the ability to to listen and to just uh, actually be simply and you know respond to what happens you know if without kind of additional layers of you know you as a person you as your stress or you as i don't know your profession no i mean she had an information that i needed and i asked for and it was great um you, you know, and it was just an everyday thing. So, and I think it's just so present everywhere. And maybe if you, even if you don't name it, or you don't look at it this way, but I think it's just impossible otherwise. I mean, you will just not connect and you will not have a communication with someone if, you know, these circumstances will not occur no mm -hmm. or it will be not constructive in a in a way or maybe it's not true maybe you really mm. well i think the residency 
Message Salon Embassy North is also a very special type of residency where it's, it's very much linked to the person of Esther Epstein. That's unusual yes. for artist residencies that are usually institutional. And of course, there's people working for them, but these people work for institutions. And Esther's project is 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 so it's like inseparable from her. Yeah, I'm happy that you mentioned it in in now now in this context because I think that's why we we are such a perfect match with with Esther and with uh, with her art project, which is the the residency and the way she the she the way she offers the space because of course residency is uh, offering the space and uh, but you can offer the space in so many different ways and the way she does it i think is just amazing and all the possibilities that um uh she can offer uh, and yeah you, before we were talking about putting in the care and i feel exactly. that she puts in a lot of care exactly and also it's it's not a, a rigid structure that she provides but something that is very uh fluid and um can be adapted to the individual that is a current resident yes. and, and it's but it's also at the same time very firm you know it's something quite um it's it's very real the frame she proposes is not new it's really uh, something that she practices for many years it's a it's an existing firm structure for young artists or artists um, that want to grow. So I find it um, really something very, as you said, open and fluid and uh, possible to interpret in so many different ways by s in so many different artists coming from s many different disciplines. But at the same time, a message sa salon has its traditions and rituals and you know, uh, context, it exists and and Esther um, is taking really good care about it and taking care of an artist and her art project um, yeah, it makes it so special Yeah, to be I here mean, it's in also Zurich. a big, it's just a big venture just to provide the infrastructure exactly um, getting the visas and Absolutely. She Depending helped. on the country of origin, yeah. she has to help with the visa, etc. Exactly. Et yeah, there's uh, a big gap between many countries and Switzerland. So, so you know, it's not only um, as easy as, you know, inviting someone to come here, but it's really making it possible. How do you make it, uh, how do you make it possible for people to, to bridge that gap? And I think it's, it, it is a mutual profit or kind of a, an interesting exchange because this gap is also, uh, you know, br breaking this or bridging this gap brings the input from outside and it's kind of um, bring, brings movement from and different perspectives and different different point of uh, points of view, different practices from people from abroad. Um, but she takes care of everything very well and that that well that you can really just kind of be in this frame and expand into it and uh, without a struggle that uh, as an artist you often uh, have to confront on a daily basis and not mentioning existing as an artist in Switzerland you know like it's a totally different dimension of of um, ma material life here and to be provided with this amazing uh, opportunity is just uh, exceptional and I'm very grateful for that. You have this is not your first time in Switzerland. You told me no, and but it's the first time that you've been here that long. Yes, and exactly. How do you have any anecdotes or is there certain instances no. that were really strange for you or what kind of catches your eye or your your attention what catches your attention living here mm. well first of all is the i think it's the longest period uh, i stay anywhere in this year so it feels really like home <laughs> or last year last year yeah <laughs> you know we are just on first days of 2018 
Um, and I think it's worth mentioning that I'm not living kind of anywhere, but I'm living in this special area where this Genossenschaft and the community is growing, you know. So I think I have I have different experiences from different places. I've been performing here in different cities when I was working with Virgilio Sieni and also visiting uh, Aga before uh, we started to work as divas or during this was happening. Well, there's there's a lot of anecdotes and this I remember this exhibition we met at very well and I'm always laughing about it because there was a guy with long hair standing in the bar and there was a candle just behind him <laughs> and his long hair started to burn and this smell of burning hair filling out this space and but well I have to say my life is very intense and during one day there's just so many stories happening I mean coming here there's already so many anecdotes I, I could tell and so many weird and funny funny stories that happens to me it's it's just crazy. I, I really think I could like it's a great material for a TV series and kind of or a kind of mo- movie, uh, a kind of a bad movie, but maybe it would be fun. <laughs> you know, I write screenplays, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so maybe we should like Con- do a yeah, separate talk exactly. <laughs> about that. Uh, the script of, of what happens here. Yeah, but um, well, it was very particular to live in. In dialogue back and you know observe how people in modern ways practice this communal life and the idea of living and dying together you know because this is what we do and maybe for the listeners who are not aware it's the Genossenschaft Meer als Wohnen exactly that is uh, situated on Dialogweg yeah not only Dialogweg it's it's the whole Hunsiker areal yeah. in Zurich Erlikon my mm, place I stay and the studio is in Dialogweg. Exactly. And uh, I think this is so particular also about Zurich Nord Master Salon because it's um, uh, a place you live and um, create and you have the studio there. So it not only bridges my experience as a foreign artist with local context but it also bridges this kind of weird gap that Zurich and Erlikon has maybe, and you know this uh, new neighborhood which Erlikon is, and new context maybe uh, for it, and uh, the 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 development of it, and how does it grow, and how does it um, uh, exchange something with the city and city with it, you know, kind of the approach to property, to living, to housing. Um, and you know versus this the life in the cent in the kind of center yeah. of Zurich and it's very different there's a lot of space there in the flats and around and um, you know all the activities in the community and the models for life they are uh, trying out and looking for I could be part of it for these three months and I could kind of uh, leave it and mm-hmm. yeah because it. I because I work so close I've been there also several times and ah, I've yes. also visited your studio and the residency in Gen- se- several times and um, I think what's really great is that it's I'm sure there's also they're trying out things that don't really work but Absolutely. that's fine. Yeah. I think that's really great about it that it's a there is a possibility to try out new things yeah. and some of and there's this there's this learning process yeah. and some things will work others won't yeah. and that's fine. And there, but there's just this feeling that they there there is time for for all these failures because they are there and they are not going to to move away from there. Mm-hmm. It's kind of they committed to it. Yeah, and they you probably can feel it have it space. for a hundred years. The land, I don't, I don't yeah, know their exactly. their contract, but it's probably. But it, for it, you can years. feel it in the space. Mm-hmm. It's not a temporary thing. Yeah. You can, of course, move in and move out if you don't like it. I mean, you have to just really try. Mm-hmm. But the idea is a commitment, mm-hmm. and it's a process, and it's mm-hmm. not a fast thing. It's not a quickie yeah. way of life. Yeah. You have to 
um, you know, contribute. Mm -hmm. And there is no, there is just, um, it's a big investment, I think, to be there because uh, of time and and resources. It's not cheap and it's uh, kind of, uh, you know, involving. So one has to really be yeah, ready I, for I, it. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, I think it's, yeah, it's almost a little bit like a way of life. Yeah. So the zine release, let's see. So, so, okay, the zine release is on the 26th. Yeah. Today is the 12th, and you are going to Italy. Do you want to talk about that? Um, yeah, just very shortly. It's a, it's an audition process uh, to Alessandro Sharoni new piece, uh, Augusta. Can you say his name a little slower? Alessandro Sharoni, an Italian choreographer, working with Elena Gennotti, another choreographer that I've been working on the uh, past year. And of course, uh, it's a kind of transition into the future also for me, because uh, after this residency finish, I I need uh, Work, something need to do, mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. And because um, I don't have my apartment anywhere and I'm not based anywhere, I have to figure out early enough what do I do. And this is one of the many opportunities I'm <laughs> I'm calling for, you know. And it's a try, it's an audition, and it's a workshop. It's a great person, uh, Alessandro, I mean, who cares also. And it's a process full of care, because usually I'm not really an audition type of dancer. Like, I'm not doing uh, auditions um, so much. I'm really basing my um, professional life on... Uh, person-to-person -person meetings and, you know, learning processes and my individual way of being. Yeah. But I'm also at the same time thinking to about how it would be to, to be based in Zurich, actually. And, yeah, I'm really, like, uh, considering so many different things at the moment. Is it... Maybe it's, like, too trivial to say that, but... Are you more motivated to kind of find a home within when you're just constantly traveling from city to city, from place to place? Or is that, you know, is that just me kind of trying to mm -hmm. find a solution to <laughs> something that mm. seems, it just, to me, it seems very unsettling. I have never lived that way. Yeah. Um, I but I know that a lot of people in the field of performance work, um, dancing um, th that's a common lifestyle um, well for sure you learn um, another way of being at home and getting yourself comfortable in new spaces with new people but um, well it's really a process I don't see also I, I wouldn't dare to sum it up in a way that it kind of, you know, it's you start to just feel at home in within yourself because it's really, really a challenge, but it is just a kind of different kind of challenge um, to this one when you stay at one place. It is, you know... Yeah, I mean, the work you do easy. might actually help you because, yeah. I mean, you know, there's this spiritual notion of being independent of people places and things yeah and so not having a city or a, a place call your home is kind of goes in that mm. direction almost i think it's really just about appreciating what you have because mm -hmm. i am free from many things and independent of many things as many as I am dependent on. It's really, um, I think, about embracing that you are always going to be part of, you know, some kind of dynamics and related and dependent on other people. And um, because if you start to also control everything and try to get hold on stuff, I mean, this makes me really crazy. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and you can't. You can't. Absolutely, and and that, that's why I think it's so important to just be flexible, and feel at home when you travel, and feel on to travel when you're at home. You know, because we can travel very far, 
um, not moving, you know, anywhere. <laughs> and I think we all do this. And mm. I think just the physical traveling um, has a lot of practicalities that become difficult as long the longer you do it. Because I really, have, I don't know, I really avoid taking planes now, and I don't like to. Um, you know, I really have, I don't know, back pain from carrying all my luggage in always with me. And it's kind of also a responsibility that you have always on your shoulders instead of on your you know, floor when you have a, a home or a room where you can just leave it for a moment and, and um, you know, when you are, when you are on your on only you you carry it with you around and and it's um you know there are days it's just heavier uh, or you know periods when yeah when it's just more um, difficult yeah. so you were saying that that you don't really participate in audition processes that you prefer or i guess it's also it's it's less straining to mm. get work through personal connections, maybe mm -hmm. people you've worked with in the past, and etc. etc. Mm. But do you follow the work of certain performers, or do you follow maybe certain institutions that you find particularly interesting, or is there places where you would like to work one day, mm -hmm. or do you? Yeah, I think yeah. Do you have very concrete this... ambitions uh, in that in that way? Well, first of all, I think I'm not putting myself out to this in the, into an audition context, not because I'm so cool and above it, but I really work and push myself to find my way around it, which is not easy because, of course, I mean, auditioning is not easy, but not auditioning is doesn't make it easier too, you know? So what is the way to to continue and then you have to really invest and you have to put a lot at risk sometimes because you know you never know what will come after this meeting you cannot meet a person and have in mind that uh, probably you will you will just work um next year you will work mm -hmm. together you know i'm meeting you now and who knows maybe we will make the script and make a movie next year but it's nothing that I know now and I cannot uh, you know hold on it in our meeting right now so it's I, you have to really let go and really f just forget about and many things and not be afraid I really actively resist being afraid that there's nothing and then you don't have a plan because uh, I mean even if you don't have a plan the earth is keeps on turning and something is going to happen, you know. Uh, so, um, coming back to particular people or, or plans that I would like to do is I'm really inspired by the process I had last year with Elena Giannotti, with the Italian choreographer I worked with uh, on Floating House, her recent pr uh, piece. Um, She's based in, Flo uh, in Livorno, co and the company that she works with, Company Blue, is based in Florence, in Italy. And yeah, I, this is a person I really look up to, and mm, from uh, all kind of angles, as a mover, as a, a person, as a you know, friend or a choreographer, as an artist, and other than that. I am really inspired by many different things and disciplines and I try to navigate smoothly be between them um, and I think the touching and this uh, looking at perception and movement and um, you know through the lens of art and through the lens of practice and through the lens of communication and it always really just focuses stuff for me and I'm not really attached to the dance context at Yeah, I mean, all. you incorporate visual arts in yeah. in all the work I've seen from you so yeah, far. Yeah, it's kind of performative and visual always. So um, I'm sure I would like to continue this research and I'm sure I would like to create 
performances as well as some research and academic discourse will provide to a to a kind of a discourse. So do you consider uh, going back to school also? Yes, I'm sure mm -hmm. I will. I I um, I am just needing a, a kind of a um, a break as a, a um you know rethinking what would be the most uh, kind of um, nurturing constructive also no, nurturing yes mm -hmm. thank you it's a great word um you know combining the needs and the um, the reality the professional context and my personal interest so i'm yeah spread the word i would just talk about it to exactly, people yeah. that work in the field and Yeah. Maybe you get recommendations. Maybe someone who That's listens it. to the podcast yeah. will Please, write you I mean, an email. Rafael, I yeah. know the perfect school for you. Yes, you can find me <laughs> in the internet. And, um, what's, or the, what's your website? It's www.pierjinski.com. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's my surname, Pierzyński, but written in this French funny way because Pierzyński is um, my father's surname, and uh, it's not uh, it's not the one I identify always. I use both um, versions, but um, did you grow up with both of your parents? No, no, I grew with up with your my mom? mom. Yeah, yeah. And your grandparents or your mom? Mm, no, no, my mom. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was a period uh, that I was allotted and my grandparents when my mother w was working on shifts, but um, yeah, they yeah they kind of they are present in my in my life. I mean, the second wife of my grandfather because uh, my grandmother and the mother of my mother died um, when my mother was around seventeen, so I never got to meet her. Mm -hmm. But, um, and your grandfather remarried. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I am. What I I just wanted to shortly come back maybe to this idea of um, where I want to be because I think I really try to. I think it's an important year for me. I feel like this 2018 could be a year that I kind of concentrate a bit more and try to control my scattering around a little bit and I but I just really want to send out uh, this uh, wish and uh, good energy for things to come and you know things that uh, um, possibilities that will enable me to continue doing the the art project that I kind of started with Aga and on my own and I would love to just be able to sustain myself from that work which is very ambitious in itself uh, I have um, a recommendation for you yeah write down your intentions for 2018 cool I will. and it's really amazing how many things you know just in a year you, yeah. you just look at the document and it's really amazing yeah it's real it's also helpful to write down sometimes what you what you've done in the year that's just passed, what you have achieved, exactly, what yeah. did you do well, Yeah. where could you do better? I think it's one of the also main principles or main guidelines that we embrace in Divas is really starting from this place of uh, gratitude. And, yeah. you know, this gives you such a different quality of wanting and wishing if you really want something from this kind of stressing and contracted place it's such a different wanting yeah. when you when you take um, no I really got have, that when you, you know. were talking about not having a, a, an apartment it's yeah. really all about you know feeling grateful for yeah. what you do have yeah. you might not have an apartment right now but that's yeah. that's not forever and there's many things that you do have absolutely yeah um I was thinking maybe it would be worth mentioning what is in the in the studio right now or what is going to happen. It's new for me that I got this opportunity to develop this collage work from a vintage gay porn magazine magazines that I collected over that you found years. on the flea market. Yes. Uh, I found them once but then I was regularly going and looking for them and searching. I I, I got some good good ones. <laughs> Um, yeah, so there will be the zine and the collage 
work in the space and different objects as well as some performance and some drinks and you know we will try to find together a way to say goodbye and and continue from there yeah I think that's it have you seen the collages I mean of his own work that uh, Maplethorpe did yeah I I mean they're like they're very formally so really mm -hmm. super perfect but they're also to me it was the first when I saw that work it was the first time I saw just you know dicks and just body parts kind of really isolated yeah. and this it it really does something it's really it's really weird to for me it was a, like a learning Mm, uh, like how yeah. how do I even yeah look it, at it yeah. yeah yeah I think that's exactly what is very interesting and it's I'm happy that you bring in uh, Mapplethorpe because he has I mean he has not been my inspiration because I actually didn't know him for um, I I got to I got to know his work actually when I'm here so oh okay since I'm here interesting yeah because I, I mean it's very instinctive the way I work with uh, cutouts and cutting the materials and pictures and but of course having this uh, eleven weeks here um, allowed me to make a little research on what already happened in that field and see in which way others are dealing with collage not only with uh, material coming from porn but uh, you know what does it mean to make a collage in 21st century when we have all the digital media and um, I think it's a really also part of the slowdown practice and the uh, zin as we said before is called touching also because of this because I have been really touching these things um, mentally and you know um, physically and yeah I'm so I've been I will have been looking at works of other people including Mapplethorpe and uh, tr trying to understand his uh, his way of being ambitious as, and his way of presenting the male body and his relationships to other people um, I just thought that the collage work is very in his work is very particular because there I mean there's many nudes of course but it's really I think there's yeah. like an elevation happening or some Absolutely. there's I mean, something weird happening in distinction to yeah. just nude photography Yeah Yeah I I think they are great and I looked at them as a viewer uh, I didn't want to analyze them like from the technical point of view that much because I really don't want to yeah, I, I'm really in the fragile state where a lot of things just influences me. What other work have you been looking at? Well, uh, I've been trying to, as much as possible, check the photographers uh, that took pictures that I use because uh, as much as I would like to use my own pictures, I'm not at this point yet and I'm using the pictures from the gay magazines. Mm -hmm. Not only because I'm not taking my own pictures, of course, but also because they... Uh, come from 70s and 80s and they have a very different you know they are just really kind of an archive these magazines and there's f and they are full of beautiful texts as well so i'm looking at the photographers that take pictures there and the artists that draw drawings of the bodies and men for these magazines mm -hmm. and they feature uh, different artists actors and singers and you know they have they cover some art and cultural stuff in relation to to the homosexual context and you know they are very rich of content and I've do any of these magazines still exist or are they all I was closed down I think they I am not sure what I are know. some of the titles mandate and honcho and um yeah well there's three of them mainly but I, I'm trying to be very selective and not go beyond those because they have a very particular way of yeah of a layout but also just for from curiosity i have also some coming from different because they are american or english or mm, german or mm, yeah most of this are i think yeah well many i think many interesting writers they published in uh, 
porn, I mean, I don't know, do you call it porn, ma nude yeah, magazine? Yeah, no, it's absolutely a porn in, magazine. Yeah, it's not a narrative. Um, because they were more open yeah, than other, uh, ma I, I, I know that um, Tom Wolfe and mm. Hunter Thompson, mm. they, many of their texts appeared first in Playboy or Hustler yeah. magazine. Yeah, I mean, I really look at them as a archive mm -hmm. and I'm trying to look in between those lines and mm -hmm. bodies and to find some kind of, not to find because there is already a lot, but just to uh, reframe some kind of poetry and um, my idea of beauty and my idea or what I resonate with on a personal level and questions that we still face or they have been facing without internet and without, you know, mm, like a big platform, platforms that we have now. Uh, yeah, so it's a, it's a documentation of visual and um, personal materials of people and represents some kind of desires of that times and at the same time it also shows what kind of remains, what changed and um, how this continued, no? even though I'm not really comparing them with the uh, present material from porn, this is absolutely not interesting for me uh, at the moment, so um, yeah, and um, other than that I use animals and the content from books with animal pictures so you can see some I'm cats like, I'm like whew, now we're we're over the poor <laughs> like da, 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 da. let's get to the cat video <laughs> <laughs> the baby goats yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Um, sorry <laughs> yeah I mean that's exactly why it's so interesting I think for me to really bring it to the to the table and I don't know many people it's really it's a kind of conversation in the in the air when you start to look at this object I, I didn't bring anything today but, um, well, if you come for the zine release, you will get to see some. It's it's kind of funny, no? I, I, I make collages on everyday objects, like notebooks and calendars, and uh, so you actually have this kind of question in the space, you know, very often. I remember in my craniosacral therapy classes, I had this notebook with, a, uh, with one of my collage works, and, or, you know, you just bring it out and it was and on the cover note. yeah and, mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. you know if you either decide to talk about it or people ask or not and but yeah. it's it definitely there's a dick do 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 yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> what's the day today ah <laughs> <laughs> but the animals <laughs> yeah the animals is something new and comes in from the period here where after the performance for Porny Days we did with Aga with Divas in cooperation with Raum uh, Station. Mm -hmm. um, during the Porny Days we, there was a walk from Riffraff Cinema where Donna Haraway's uh, movie was screening. Uh, I, noticed, I think it was not called Staying with the Trouble, it's her book, but I forgot the title of the movie now. I don't know. Okay, Sorry. but yeah, there was this great screening and uh, on the way to Raumstation there was a walk through the city and there were some uh, sta stations and one of uh, one of the stations it was me and Aga. Yeah, you were in the underpass, right? Underpass, Underneath the, yeah, the railroad tracks. Under, yeah, exactly. And we did this performance inspired of uh, Donna's film, you know, um, film and, and the book and the kind of uh, practice and philosophy. So this, and also because it's a nice way for me to to refer to trans idea of a trans body and transitioning a body as some a body as being body as a verb, but being as a verb, you know, human being as a verb, but being and becoming and tran transforming. So animals came in kind of after we did uh, some masks and collage. Uh, and prepared f and write wrote poems uh, for this performance at Porny Days, and I bought some books and Brocky, as you can probably remember, because this is the day I met you 
for like real and not for, for for the first time but I felt like we really met then I just brought a lot of books big books with animals from Brokin, Erlikon and uh, so you put them to use you cut yes. it all up and yes all the cats and see animals starfish and and different yeah and different combinations of bodies and and animals and texts and animals and Anyway, I mean, this brokita was really like a great supply of weird objects for me to do the collage on and all kind of little things. And before Christmas, I got also um, some Christmas balls there mm -hmm. and I did the collage on the Christmas balls, which you could also see and you can see when you come to, to the studio. So it's an, you know, Christmas ball has its its context and its history and, and its, um, you know, purpose in a way. And when you put a collage coming from entirely from the porno magazine on it, it creates uh, maybe a question or a shift into this context. And this is what I try to do. Yeah, I, I'm not sure how how that... The transition you, you made from the Haraway, the film and... Um, you know that evening at Porny Days, and then with the th that transition to the animal books, yeah. I don't think it might it might it I think it might not be Very clear. so clear. Yeah, so is it important? Because if it's important, yeah, it's we important. might want to get back to it. Thank you. Yeah, it's important uh, in the in staying with the trouble and the approach of this um, being and living uh, living and dying together. Uh, that Donna is kind of um, sharing and speaking about uh, yeah there's this um, imagination and kind of science fiction part of uh, of her approach where people in the future kind of merge with uh, animals and then and especially the endangered species and species mm -hmm. and um, she brings this uh, hybrid of a person and animal and yeah, I mean that's that's where the animal images come from, and this kind of yeah, I don't know if this is more clear now. It's kind of uh, comes from her approach to uh, how um, animals and people can be together, and how actually to the point that they that the shapes also merge. Yeah, physically the they kind of adapt each other's yeah. features and. Yeah. And uh, how this kin shapes can evolve to the extent that we embody, yeah, um, posi uh, um, body parts or abilities that uh, animals have, and how can this influence our the, our the, our ways we look at the world and uh, being together, and yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, stay safe Thank when you, you run around. Yes. I don't know. Um, do you need some duct tape for your shoes? <laughs> no, seriously, I have. I also have some gaffer tape. Yes. We should maybe we should tape, that tape that because yeah. this is dangerous. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> and I'm afraid I will totally lose the. the no, we'll soul. go upstairs and we'll tape that, and yeah. then you're off to Kulturbüro. Exactly. Okay. Hey. Thank you, Thank very you much. so much for it was coming. Great pleasure. And Thank you for having me. Yeah, high five. <laughs> good luck with all your endeavors. Thanks. Thank a lot. you.